Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for January the 25th in the year of our Lord, 2009, or 2020. Wow. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio, the traditions of our founding fathers. We had Patty Stockman. Wife of Steve Stockman, former congressman, currently in jail on your radio. And we talked about his case. Defendapatriot.com is where you can learn more. We truly need to help him. We also have the good Sheriff Richard Mack on CSPOA.org. And uh, we're hoping uh, at some point Steve Stockman can receive a pardon. There is no liberty with innocence in prison. We talked about all nonprofits should be terrified of this new court decision. That's an article written by Rachel Alexander at townhall.com. Great column. Uh, We also talked about a star researcher found that Bernie Sanders funneled tax money and school funds to his family. Peter Schweitzer at Breitbart writing that piece. So this is interesting. Steve Stockman's in jail for supposedly some funny money financing. But now you got Bernie Sanders literally funneling money via school funds, etc., to his family. I guess Schweitzer further disclosed that during the 2016 campaign, $83 million, ladies and gentlemen, was channeled through a, quote, mysterious media buying company called Old Town Media, well, to some friends of Bernie's wife. Very, very strange stuff. Now, you say, Sam, why do you bring that stuff up all over the map? Well, first off, we covered it yesterday. Secondly, I think it relates to what's going on right now. They're on a just a crazy witch hunt when it comes to the president. And it seems like everything that has credible reality of what happened in 2016 in abuse of the laws from Hunter Biden right on down through Joe Biden right on down through Hillary Clinton, right on down through Bernie Sanders. I mean, I can keep going. All that stuff seems to be flat out ignored when it comes to the 2016 elections. Hopefully justice will have its heyday. Um, Anyway, that's a recap of what happened yesterday. We talked a little bit about a Bloomberg ad on Fox and Friends. Hits its target audience of one, says the mainstream press. Uh, They say Bloomberg has spent over $256 million on ads. Uh, all I can tell you is that uh, his efforts are going to be for naught. Bloomberg doesn't stand a chance. All he'd have to do is expose his hardcore hostility towards your right to keep it bare arms, and Bloomberg will be done in this country. Uh, sad to say. He's got a lot of money, though, and that is something to certainly be aware of. All right, without further ado, Sheriff David A. Clark Jr., our guest today. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, it's a pleasure to be on with you, and hello to your listeners. 
Thank you. So uh, it seems like everything that has any credibility of criminal activity in 2016 is flat out ignored. And the witch hunt continues. Let's start there because it's a non-starter. But they have the money. They have control of the press, don't they? Yes, they do. I think it's shameful. Uh, it's a shameful period of time in this country. This country has been through that uh, sort of thing before. Uh, but it's a resilient country. And so as long as we keep fighting, uh, we'll get through it and we'll come out a better country. There's no doubt about it. Yes, we will get through it. And I think the American people are really gaining. One of the things that Donald Trump has really done that's been incredible as president is he's really taken the mask off the media. He's really exposed them for who they are because they say, oh, President Trump statements are crazy. He's unhinged. He attacks the media all the time. But the fact is, the American people can see exactly what President Trump is saying. The mainstream press doesn't even get that fact, do they? No, you know, it's it's been known for a long time that the liberal media uh, is the propaganda machine of the, the Democrat Party and leftist politics in this country. They've abandoned their responsibility under the Constitution, the First Amendment, to uh, be go- the government watchdog. And instead, uh, they jumped into bed with this leftist politics. So and one of the things that's been enjoyable to watch is how, as you indicated, uh, President Trump is not afraid of them. In the past, we had, especially conservative, so-called conservatives, GOP, uh, Republican politicians that were deathly afraid of the media, never took them on. The media thinks that they run our politics here uh, in America. They do not. For a while, though, uh, nobody would ever push back. So it's really refreshing to me to see them um, get poked in the eye with a sharp stick by the president and, and to take them on. Um, basically put them in their place. And I think that, that Americans, as they watch this, are applauding him, uh, even if secretly, uh, for what he's doing for this country. Because in order to take our country back, uh, we have to get the liberal media out of the way. Uh, what you're saying is spot on, and the proof is everywhere. I'll give you just a couple quick examples. I mean, they said that once Donald Trump took office, the economy would just absolutely melt down. He would just destroy the economy in America, uh, and now they're chagrined to admit reality, but the economy is doing better than it's done in decades, decades. Um, Employment is up for every, I don't know what you want to call it, racial group or ethnic group, whatever they want to divide on. Uh, But you know what? For Americans, let's say it this way, for Americans, jobs are up for everybody. There's not a single statistic that's down. You know, it's an example of that, that phrase, that cliche, the rising tide lifts all boats. You're right. Every demographic in the United States, whether it be uh, Latino, whether it be uh, black, whether it be uh, women, you know, people who have uh, under the Obama economy, which was a wet blanket, the Obama policies, economic policies were a wet blanket on the economy. It was stifling, unemployment rising. People couldn't find jobs. There were more people on the growth of people on unemployment who stopped looking for work because there were no jobs was phenomenal. Uh, but just by. Uh, and and hold on. They use they use that sideline statistic about all the people that are no longer looking for employment as if they don't count. Didn't they? Right. Uh, yeah. Because in their minds, they didn't count. But they so, absolutely count the American people and they would want jobs if they thought they could get one. Sure. And now we have more jobs than people who can fill it. I mean, think of what complete reversal with just a few economic policies by the government and then getting out of the way and letting the job creators, the entrepreneurs, the employers, 
let them do what they know how to do, and it's to um, uh, increase profits, it's to hire people, it's to create jobs. It's not the job of government. The president, you know, if you look at his background and you remember what his background was, he knows this, uh, and everyone's known it for a long time, but Democrat policies are big government policies. They want the government in charge. Uh, the only job sector I think that grew under the Obama uh, administration was uh, government jobs. Now, what I find interesting is they all knew this about President Trump uh, when he was a businessman. They all uh, you know, highlighted how great he was at producing jobs, how his hotels and his properties, his golf courses were doing phenomenal. They all loved to con- conjugate at them. They all loved to hang out there. And, and then until he became president and started putting common sense policies in place, they loved the guy. Now they act like all of his credibility is gone. But the economy, the fantastic economy, sure, it's got more to go. The policies are really, really hard to unwind that they've put in place. But now they're all going ballistic, but it's just on display for the American people. You couldn't billboard it better than that, could you? No, you know, this this stuff is pretty basic economics. Anybody who's taken economics 101 understands how an economy works. The Democrats, I think they know how an economy works, but they don't want it to work that way. Because, like I said, they're big government, they're statists. They want everything funneled through the government. They want government control over business. They want government control over every aspect of everybody's life. And really, the role of government is to protect the people. Uh, there are some some other uh, areas that government is good for, but then other than that, it's to stay out of people's lives and it's to get out of the way. But that's not the uh, Democrat uh, idea or vision of America. Anyway, watching these he- people and how unhinged they get is truly amazing now another interesting little twist in the news the mainstream press doesn't want to talk about is this there is more than 100,000 Americans who want tickets to President Trump's keep America great rally in I think it's Wildwood New Jersey on January 28th coming up a hundred thousand people plus are wanting tickets um we've never seen this kind of stuff from a president sheriff never no, we haven't. The excitement is incredible. And, and um, you know, I'm a veteran of, of campaigns. I had to run for uh, election as the sheriff of Milwaukee County, ran four times. And in order to get to win an election, you have to have a great message and you have to have uh, you be able to motiv- motivate and, and energize the voting base. The president did that from the day he came down that elevator uh, and it just grew and it continues to grow. So people are demonstrating their support for him. And that's, it's good that they're doing it in a very visible way. Uh, he knows how to command a crowd. He knows how to energize and, and, and he knows how to resonate with people. He doesn't talk over people's heads. He doesn't talk like he's the smartest guy in the room or that he's smarter than everybody else, like the people on that Democrat side, including a guy you mentioned in, early in your, your monologue, um, uh, Michael Bloomberg. They don't know how to, how to resonate with people. They think they're smarter than us. Uh, They think they know what's good for us, and and those are the policies that they're going to pursue. Well, the good news is we got a policy and an agenda that we're going to pursue, and that's less government, more liberty. That's the Constitution and separation of powers. That's rejecting the impeachment lie, and that's moving forward to the things that matter to the American people. Let's talk about them. It starts with pro-life and gun control. We'll get into both with Sheriff David Clark Jr. in seconds. (laughs) 
The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. A President Donald J. Trump rally on the 28th of January. It's going to take place in Wildwood, New Jersey. 100,000 plus people are seeking tickets. Now, I find this fascinating. I've never seen something like this in my life. And I'm over a half a century old plus. And I look at this and I go, we've never seen this. The swamp might hate him, but the American people certainly like him. We have never, it's almost like the uh, Woodstock uh, of politics modern day, Sheriff. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. It really is. Uh, like I said, the, the president knows how to energize and motivate crowds, people. Voters, uh, it's good that he's hitting the states that he is. He was in Wisconsin uh, last week. Uh, he's been to Ohio or going to Ohio. He's been to Michigan. Those swing states are going to be very important. Uh, as you know, this, this presidential election, it's not a national election. It's a 50-state election, and he has to win uh, in several of these key states in order to um, to get reelected. And, and, and I want to remind people that uh, there's no guarantee in politics. And I know people right now are predicting landslide for President Trump this, this coming November, and, and he's a shoe-in because of this, because of that. And I want to remind people, even on the issue of the economy, for heaven's sakes, when you go back to Obama's re-election, he entered re-election with the worst economic numbers of any president in history going into re-election. And, and everybody before him that went in with those horrible economic numbers was never re-elected, but Obama was. And I, I bring that up to remind people that, there's no guarantee in politics. We're going to have to get out there. 
the uh, RNC, the GOP is going to have to have a good ground game or get out the vote uh, in these key battleground states in order to reelect him. I'm trying to guard people against overconfidence. You know, there's three enemies of success. One is arrogance, one of hubris, one is overconfidence, and the other one is, is division from within. So I think we have to guard against uh, overconfidence, and we have to act like we're coming from behind. We have to act like this might be snatched from us because that will motivate people to 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 get out there on election day and to actually vote and not think, wow, he's got it in the bag. I don't. He doesn't really need my vote. He's going to need every vote in order to get reelected. Now, let me tell you what my big concern is. It's vote fraud. And what I find fascinating is after President Trump, well, first off, President Trump warned to vote fraud before he got elected. Uh, Barack tried to make fun of him. Well, that blew up in Barack's face, obviously. But nevertheless, then President Trump put like a fraud commission together to get to the bottom of it. The Democrats howled so hard, eventually it was disbanded. But now the Democrats are claiming that there's vote fraud and that President Trump's not even doing enough to stop it. It's amazing how these people play the games because the American people have such a short memory. However, there's um, some information in Georgia of vote fraud. Now, Illinois, Illinois State Board of Elections confirms non-citizens voting in 2018. So we know this is live and well, and I think that could play a factor. And we in our towns, in our in our own voting districts, we need to watch the polls. We need to keep an eye on what's happening. We need to be involved to make sure that this vote fraud stuff does not happen. Yeah, let's sort that out a little bit. Uh, vote fraud is a part of the Democrat get-out-the-vote strategy. It always has been. Cheating in elections is what they specialize in. They will cheat, lie, and steal uh, to win an election. And and they never stop. They never give up. So what we have to pay attention to, and as I move around the country speaking to uh, um, uh, Americans at ground level, GOP events, as I remind people that state by state, you got to clean up the voter rolls. I know here in Wisconsin, uh, a judge, the, the, the election commission determined that there were 200,000 people on the voter rolls in Wisconsin that can't be accounted for. And so a judge ordered that under the law, under the law, mind you, there's a law that says you must clean these things up. If you can't find these people or you can't determine they actually live somewhere, they must be removed from the, the, uh, uh, the voter rolls. And so 200,000 people have been ordered off the voter rolls. The Democrats are, are, are fighting that in court right now. Um, this, is a, this is a valid law. This is not the only state in the country that has such a law. Cleaning up the voter rolls is very important because those 200,000 names allow the Democrats to cheat, to fill out battle, ballots uh, for those, on behalf of those people uh, that exist on the roll. And so we got to watch. You're right. We need poll watchers. We need trained poll watchers in these heavy Democrat turnout areas, not in your own town. You know, where, where this doesn't go on, but in heavy Democrat turnout areas, we need trained poll watchers uh, because, like you said, these, these, this stuff's turning corrupt. The Democrats have flipped the scripts, not script. Now they're saying they don't trust uh, uh, the elections and the, and the election result. But the reason why is uh, they have no respect for elections. They saw that they've been trying to nullify the 2016 presidential election for three and a half years now. Uh, they don't accept election results unless they win. And if they lose, they demand recounts. They cry foul. I mean, you look at Stacey Abrams, who lost the gubernatorial race in Virginia. She's still going around the country 
three years later, two years later, I'm sorry, it was a midterm race, uh, governor of Georgia, and she's saying she won except for voter fraud. All right. I'll let you know right now, folks, that Georgia has some of the most liberal voting laws in the United States. They kind of mirror Wisconsin. They got early voting. They got absentee voting. They got same-day registration voting uh, in Georgia. There was no voter fraud. She lost by 30,000 votes because she only won five out of about uh, Georgia, I think, has like 125 counties in the state. She won five counties. All right, but she won Atlanta, and Atlanta's the big population center, and that's why she was able to get that close. So basically her, her uh, uh, voting base was not diverse enough. She went to Atlanta and got it all, got the black vote. And uh, when, when the rest of the state said, hold on, not so fast, and they made a different decision, and she called the rest of the, the voters in that state racist. That's how they play the game. Believe it or not, the Heritage Foundation has what's called the Voter Map Fraud Page. It's getting so bad, ladies and gentlemen. Really, the Heritage Foundation, they call it an election fraud database. And it's a sampling of proven instance of election fraud from across the country. This database is real. This is serious business, folks. And it's something that we can't um, melt down over. We can't just panic and give up over. But it is something to be aware of. And it is something to do our level best to prevent. Uh, so I don't want to spend forever on it. But I do think this is the reason you're saying, hey, you can't count your chickens before they're hatched. Because you know what? They've got a lot of tricks up their sleeves. That's just one of them. Bloomberg with his billions is another. He's turned this into, hey, I think whoever's got the most amount of money can win is what he thinks. Uh, we need to tell him that's not the way it works in America, Sheriff. Yeah, that's the arrogance of uh, a guy like Mike Bloomberg. Uh, he runs around with uh, armed security so he's protected, but he doesn't want anybody else to be able to protect themselves. He wants them to rely on the government with longer wait times for uh, 911 calls, short staffing. Every law enforcement executive I talked to, and I just came back from Michigan and sat down with some local law enforcement uh, officials there. Everybody uh, says to me, Sheriff, we're understaffed. They keep cutting our budget. And then you get a guy like Mike Bloomberg who can buy security for himself, running around uh, trying to deny everybody else that sort of thing. Uh, Mini Mike is, is, is what uh, the presidents call him. It's what I call him now. Uh, I think he's in for a big awakening. You're right. He thinks that he can buy this election. I don't know what they're going to do on the Democrat side. Maybe he does. He's got about 5% of the vote now, and he's keying everything on Super Tuesday, where they have about uh, primaries in about seven different states, and, and he's gearing for that. That's why you're seeing all the ads uh, uh, where you're seeing them in those areas. I think even on the Democrat side, I think they're turned off by that. I really do. He doesn't fit their model, the, the type of, of um, uh, candidate that they're looking for. Um, and he's actually anathema to what they want. He's the one percenter. He's the one that they rail against, the rich, uh, so on and so forth. So, But the biggest fear with that guy, I mean, he's a guy who was, was mayor of New York, denied the um, uh, enacted some ordinance that, that that people couldn't buy large size sodas <laughs> at restaurants. I mean, this guy. Yeah, and, and the, President Trump will have a heyday with yeah. this guy if he's the nominee, too, over gun control, over these goofy soda laws he tried to enact. Uh, there's more of all kinds of stop and frisk and get in people's faces. And uh, anyway, when you when you dig up Bloomberg, I think, I think that uh, President Trump will have uh, fun with that one. Or Bernie, either way, um, it'll be quite fun. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and my, my guess is no better than anybody else. I think this thing comes down to uh, uh, Sanders and uh, Joe Biden. I really do. And that's for the voters on that side to decide. But uh, those guys do not represent the future. And you know what? A lot of the base on the Democrat side, they know that. They know that Sanders and Biden are the past. They're not the future. But those two guys know how this thing works. You have to know how the nomination process works in, in all 50 states because there will be primaries in all 50 states. They know how it works. And for some odd reason, one of them will probably get the nomination. All right, I want to talk about the gun rally that took place a few days ago in Virginia. Sheriff Clark wrote an incredible column about it. You can check out Sheriff Clark's columns on townhall.com and Twitter at Sheriff Clark. We'll be back in a second. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Lawyers for President Trump will start making their opening statements on Saturday. Wrapping up their opening statements on Friday, the House impeachment managers say the evidence against President Trump is overwhelming. But according to Republican Senator Rick Scott from Florida... You look, I've been putting out tweets all day about what uh, Democrat senators have said in the past about uh, the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And these individuals have come down here and said just the opposite of what they said back in, what, 1999. And they've been doing it day after day. So this has just been partisan. They've said the same thing. I don't know how many times I've seen Ambassador Sondland and Fiona Hill and all of them, but I don't believe anything they've said so far is impeachable. Uh, and But I do look forward to watching the White House uh, present their case. 34 U.S. service members are recovering after suffering concussions following Iran's missile attack on a military base in Iraq earlier this month. This is USA Radio News. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. The death toll from the newly discovered coronavirus in China has risen to 41 on the day of the Lunar New Year. Health officials are struggling to contain the outbreak as millions of people travel for the Chinese New Year. CNN's medical contributor, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, says the virus is highly contagious. As far as the containment efforts, I mean, it's it's chaos, uh, as you've probably seen now, in at least in this area well, around Wuhan, uh, tens of millions of people who are on lockdown, meaning they're not allowing vehicles in or, or vehicles to go out. Uh, this is a, is, it's a very strong policy. It's an aggressive policy. It's typically a policy that is done later in stages of an outbreak as opposed to this early. 
20 states are suing to stop more 3D printed guns from being made. The lawsuit aims to keep blueprints for the lawsuit aims to keep blueprints from guns being posted online. Supporters claim there's a constitutional right to publish the information. This is USA Radio News. All right, you want to catch Sheriff David Clark on Twitter? At Sheriff Clark. Clark with an E on the end, by the way. At Sheriff Clark is how you get that done. If you want to check out his incredible columns, townhall.com. Governor Northam and the liberal media seem disappointed that Virginia gun rally was peaceful. I mean, this is amazing. But this is what you see. He baited the public on this one. They ratcheted it up in the media how violent it was going to be. Even a uh, Virginia lawmaker said, hey, um, you know what? Northam's trying to set up the gun rights activists. Uh, And then we see that, uh, well, there's uh, credible evidence that um, he was involved with uh, Antifa. Uh, They took the rally and said, hey, no guns uh, at the Capitol. So they pushed it out into the streets, a much more dangerous uh, venue. Uh, but all the while, the gun owners were the most peaceful crowd you could ever imagine, and the turnout was incredible. It was super cold. It might have been even a better turnout, but it was well over 20,000 people. Some say four to 6,000 people even inside the square. The debate was, are you going to go into the um, gun-free zone cage, or are you going to stay out in the streets and peacefully demonstrate your uh, displeasure with Governor Northam's dictate of taking guns from people? Um, the battle was on. But it was a peaceful battle, uh, and we, in my opinion, came out in droves to make a valid point. Northam's disappointed, Sheriff. Yeah, without a doubt. And and I got reports uh, from people on the ground there from aerial views uh, that there were in excess of 50,000. I think the liberal, the line liberal media was at it again trying to downplay. It's like they do at Trump rallies, right? Yeah. He'll get 25,000 inside an arena and a long line outside. You're watching it on large TVs. They couldn't get in, and then the, the, the liberal media will say there were a couple thousand people there anyway. And what they'll do, too, is they'll uh, take a photo of some place that doesn't look very populated. It might be yeah. a place that's that's not populated for security reasons or something strange. Uh, they'll look at the layout, and then they'll just show a picture of that and be like, oh, it was sparsely attended. <laughs> that kind of stuff, yeah, right? that's it. But anyway, getting back to the, the gun rally, this is the sort of thing that has to go on in every state across the country, and I'm hoping that this is just the start. I was saying before the event, I'm hoping this is our Lexington and Concord moment where finally uh, American patriots back before the uh, revolution, you know, that was the uh, the start basically of the American Revolution, Lexington and Concord battles, and, and people just pushed back and said, that's enough. We're tired of, of uh, being abused by the crown uh, over in England, and, you know, you switch that to today. We're tired of being abused. We're tired, tired of having our rights trampled on. Uh, by by the government, by a few uh, anti-gun advocates. And so, uh, you know, I thought that Governor Blackface Northam, he's the guy, if you recall, that uh, appeared in blackface and with a KKK hood on uh, or pointed hat uh, that he thought was funny, thought it was a joke. How he survived, that's beyond me. But anyway, he overreacted. I think he was trying to provoke an incident. He wanted trouble. He declared a state of emergency, no real reason, you know, some some uh, unsubstantiated that there was going to be trouble there. Uh, I knew there'd be no trouble. At least it wouldn't be from our folks. I thought if some uh, Antifa or, or that showed up, there'd be trouble, but it wouldn't be because of, uh, of gun-loving Americans. And I think that afterwards, the media was disappointed 
as was uh, uh, Northam, that um, uh, no trouble uh, ensued. These were just people exercising their constitutional rights to peaceably assemble under the First Amendment, exercising their constitutional right to be able to uh, petition their government with their grievances. They don't like these laws being passed. They don't like their uh, Second Amendment rights being trampled on. We're allowed to do that in this country. And so I think, uh, you know, for for the governor there to declare a state of emergency with no foundation, I think it's a chilling effect. I think it was done to intimidate. Uh, Maybe a lot of people didn't show up because, oh, I'm here and there's going to be trouble. The governor called a state of emergency. I'd like to go, but I'm afraid. That's why I said it created a chilling effect. And we should be turned off by what he did. But anyway, the the thing went off. Uh, the event went on without a hitch, one arrest. And, and you know, check this out, Sam. The only arrest made was for someone who had uh, their face covered with a bandana. And, and they have an ordinance in, in uh, Virginia that if you attend these, these rallies and, and, and demonstrations, you can't cover your face. Um, trust me, that was someone on the left. Because our side doesn't use those tactics. I'm not covering my face, Sam. If I have something to say, I'm going to stand front and center. I want people to know who I am. I want people to hear what I have to say. Those are the tactics we use. They're not covering your face like Antifa does. So uh, I'm hoping this grows and uh, we need more of this. We need to start pushing back because, you know what, the Democrats are feeling it right now. And, you know, they just took over the entire state government. Uh, They won the House of Delegates in the midterm. And now they're pushing this this onerous uh, uh, anti-gun gun control agenda, which really is nothing more than a stealth movement toward gun confiscation. Now, we need to highlight this, too. Um, there was well over 20,000 people. We can't really get a handle on the number, but here's the main point that I could see. One arrest for something very peaceful. I don't think that people should cover their faces, but it wasn't like an arrest for something hostile or violent or anything else. It's just a disagreement of opinion of can you cover your face or not. I say, hey, you know what? Why do you have a problem telling people who you are? Uh, what would make you not want people to know who you are? I want people to know who I am. As David Clark says, I stand for liberty and then I peacefully do so and that's who I am. But here's the deal. Story says people were picking trash up after themselves and cleaning up. Whenever these other groups have an event, not only do they not clean up after themselves, it's a disaster zone when they're done, but they literally like jump on cop cars and overturn vehicles and damage property and there was no property damage or any of those kind of things, right? Yeah, you know, that's you're right. That's the difference between uh, peaceably, peacefully assembling, peacefully demonstration, demonstrating and what Democrats do, which is uh, riot, chaos, loot, set fires, destroy property, as you indicated, attack the police, throwing rocks and bottles at the police. Uh, that's not demonstrations. That, that's not demonstrating. That's not peaceably demonstrating. Those are riots and need to be met with um, reasonable force when it happens. But and, like, and, and they're, they border on, in my opinion, they border on insurrections, though. You can't be throwing cops at or throwing rocks and bottles at cops. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's an assault on the rule of law is what it is, and that's why they go after the police. Uh, symbolically, that's what they're doing is is um, attacking the rule of law, which they have no respect for either. So, again, it can't be a one-time event. You know, I'm hoping that uh, we continue this because, you know, I indicated in my piece, it's at townhall.com, by the way. I write a weekly column there, and uh, my stuff is well thought out. I don't just, you know, shoot from the hip. I don't just throw stuff off the top of my head. I think about what I'm going to write before I write, 
And uh, I'm just trying to, to, to provoke discussion and, uh, you know, interaction between people. I don't care if people disagree with, with my take. Uh, most of my readers do not. But, you know, the idea isn't to get people to agree with it. It's to get them to think and, and to use their head and, and get involved in this stuff and, and actually give them a idea of what's coming down the road. Uh, we get some gun-grabbing person in the White House uh, from the Democrat side. And as they take over, Sam, you know, they're starting to do this state by state locally. George Soros is, is funding people to run for uh, state attorneys general and, and uh, prosecutors uh, in, in, in each state. Marilyn Mosby is a result of that in, in Baltimore. This uh, woman, I uh, uh, can't remember her name, in Illinois, the, the Cook County prosecutor, she won that race. She was Soros back. And they're dismantling the rule of law. They're tying the hands of law enforcement officers who are out on the front end defending the rule of law. Um, and, and preserving the peace and making it very difficult. So that's what they're doing as well. And that's the sort of thing that I bring out in my writing. It's like I give people, hey, look, here's what's going on. Don't believe what they tell you. Uh, maybe you're missing some things here. Here's what's really going on so that we apply the right counter. By the way, our neighbor is Kimberly North Fox, South right? Kimberly Fox. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So, you know, that we apply the, the, the correct countermeasures, because you have to effectively counter this stuff. But if you don't know what they're working on and you don't know what they're doing because they do it in stealth fashion, like gun control is not about safer neighborhoods. It's not about gun safety. It's about gun confiscation. But a lot of people, uh, unassumingly, they, they don't realize it. You know, what I, you know what I find interesting, Sheriff Clark? They want to dis- disarm uh, us law-abiding citizens in America, but they want to arm everybody else around the world for some reason. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Isn't that uh, weird dichotomy? It's like, what, what's well, up? Yeah, well, to be a Democrat, to be a liberal is to be a hypocrite. Okay, It's the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do philosophy that we see out of them oftentimes. All right, so the battles are heating up all across the country, and let's use Virginia as the discussion point. This wasn't the governor against uh, everybody. This was the governor and a newly elected legislative body. So the Democrats, with the governor's leadership, really against almost every county in the state. The sheriff said we're not going to go for this gun control stuff. The people came out in droves saying we don't want this gun control stuff. Um, It was very peaceful, and I'm glad it was. I'm celebrating that it was peaceful because it shows our true intent. But here's the point. This battle's not even close to over. Uh, And it it is polarizing like you wouldn't believe. And the, the reality is, folks... Here's what the Democrats and the liberals are saying about this. Well, we saw that there was a big crowd outside, but we're just going to ignore that big group, and we're going to go back and say, we were elected on a mandate for gun control. We'll have David Clark respond in seconds, but this mere image is going to wrap radically across the country. It's going to hit every state. Same topic, same people, same players, if you will. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest, it's not as if 
it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. And you don't have what it takes to be in this job. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. So the counties are solid in Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. We're not talking about just the sheriffs, although they're seriously important. We're talking about the sheriffs uh, and the, well, counterbalance of power. Usually, and there's different configurations in different counties, by the way. Sometimes it's a mayor. Sometimes it's a county commission. Uh, but they're literally putting together these statements saying, Sheriff, Governor, you're off your rocker. You, you, we just can't. This is insane. And this isn't just a, a, a couple of people saying, Governor, you're crazy. There's no mandate here. This is serious, polarizing reality. Virginia is just the kickoff, if you will. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think if you watch, and I'm a numbers guy, um, with, with all of this stuff politically, I watch numbers. And uh, there are a growing number of counties in, in the state of Virginia that are declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuary counties. Uh, but the Democrats, they don't care. Uh, whether it's the, the actual will of the people based on, on polling or focus groups. They just push their agenda no matter what. Uh, they don't think that there'll be a, a, a price to be paid. But you know what? we gotta be we got to be fair about this. we got to be honest. That elections have consequences. It can't just work for our side. Uh, when they pursue these elections and they put out this, this rabid, uh, rabidly radical agenda and they get elected in, well, you know, you're going to have to the fact that they're going to probably pursue it. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight back. No, what it, what it means is we should realize that this isn't just vote for Peter, Paul, and Mary, and, and it'll be fun, and let's give one group a chance. This has real consequences, and the people of Virginia need to create a mandate in 2020 that says, I, I know we goofed a, a year or two ago. We didn't realize how off the rails and how crazy and how unhinged you people really are. We're going to change the game and put people in there who are common sense, who are not unhinged, who understand what we believe and what we want from a core fundamental point of view. And, and it's an opportunity, um, in my opinion, with, with serious consequences, but a chance to correct that right now and set the record straight once and for all. And it starts in Virginia and it crosses the country with the same narrative. Yeah, um, you know, these things start off small. 
And it's usually a, a defining moment uh, when these things occur before it mushrooms and, and, and the, the momentum starts to carry it, um, you know, on its own. So that's why I think everybody across the country, it, they should feel, at least, at least that's why I got involved with it early on. I was invited to come down and speak, but I was in Michigan uh, last week and I couldn't get there. But um, everybody's got to get involved. And the reason I was watching, people might say, well, you know, sir, if you don't live in Virginia, no, but I, I said coming to a state and a city near you, this stuff grows. It doesn't just happen in one area and 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 stay there. So uh, eventually, you know, in some of these, I mean, some of the stuff that they're enacting in Virginia, these laws, and they won't all pass. But I'll tell you what, the fact that they propose them is 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 crazy. One one law they're proposing in Virginia is if two people are armed, whether it's uh, concealed carry or open carry are armed in a public space and they're together, it would make it a felony. Can you imagine this? You, you, you hear that and you say, well, that, that's, that's off the charts crazy. This is the kind of stuff they're proposing. And that's why I said this isn't really about uh, gun control. It's not about gun safety. It's really about gun confiscation. They throw this stuff out there knowing, well, we might not get it through this time. And it, we might face fierce blowback and stuff like this. But over time, people get used to hearing it and we'll keep proposing and keep proposing and keep proposing until they wear people down. Next thing you know, they kick the door open and the stuff becomes law. And they'll do it incrementally where they'll point, point out a very crazy statement and then they'll go, okay, we won't pass that, but we will make it harder to get ammunition or we will put this or that in place and it will be an incremental, you know what, lay one two by four down at a time and before you know it, you have the wall built. Yeah, um, no doubt about it. Time you got to you got to be patient at this stuff. People have to be patient. At, you know, we have founding fathers set this up. They didn't want drastic moves all at once. They wanted this thing to be arduous. They wanted this thing to be um, hard to change, not impossible, but hard because otherwise, then you're subject to the whims of people who come along here today, gone tomorrow. Maybe one election cycle, and then they don't run or they're defeated. But by that time, the stuff becomes entrenched. All right, I want to talk about the race aspect of this. I don't really like talking about race because I believe we're all God's children. That's just my two cents. I don't like to talk about race a whole lot just because I believe that they use it to divide. And I think we need to stand shoulder to shoulder as Americans to solve any problems we face, okay? However, Northam and others are using the race card to where it almost can't be ignored right now. So black rights, I'm sorry, black Gun rights supporters seem to be invisible to the lying media. There was black people, white people, Latino people. There was Americans throughout this rally advocating for the same cause, standing shoulder to shoulder, exactly like I'm talking about. But then they try to exploit and divide and and play the race card. This KKK toting Northam guy uh, is a master at being a racist and then using race against the rest of us, Sheriff. Yeah, race is a very powerful issue in this country. It always has and it always will be. And what the Democrats have to do, <clears throat> excuse me, because their numbers are starting to slide as President Trump uh, picks up more and more black support, uh, they have to enrage and they have to, um, you know, use this, this fear and anger in order to, to motivate the black vote. So that's why everything's about white supremacy, racism. Uh, uh, denying people the right to vote. None of this stuff is happening in, in record numbers in this country. There are a few unhinged individuals that are crazy, but they don't represent the masses like they make it sound at all. 
Right. That's exactly it. And so they go out and they whip people up uh, at election time. They don't do anything for them. The Democrats haven't done anything for, you know, uh, uh, black voters in terms of things that are important to black voters, things like good schools for their kids. All right. Black kids are, are, are chained, shackled to these failing urban K-12 ghetto schools with no escape uh, route. Uh, the Democrats are against the voucher program. They're against uh, school choice, giving parents uh, the freedom to get their kid out of a, a failing school and get them into a good one. Democrats, uh, they want they, they want to continue to slow this economy down, keep people unemployed, because that keeps people, if you think about it, keeps them tethered to the liberal plantation that they need the Democrats uh, in order to, to survive, which is not true. But black people are starting to wake up uh, in this country. I don't think there's going to be a mass movement. I just said that things happen incrementally. Um, you know, typically the Democrat candidate for president will get 85 uh, plus percent of the black vote. And, you know, I think uh, the president got about eight or nine percent. I think that's going to grow, but it's not going to, you know, I'm not predicting. I don't know for sure, but I'm not predicting that he's going to get 30, 35. No, but it's going to grow for sure, because when people get jobs, it's not a debate anymore. There's one thing to debate philosophically something. But when black people and Latinos and Americans and white people and everybody else get jobs, it's not a debate anymore, Sheriff. No, there's not. And that's why I said people are starting to see. Uh, that what this president is pursuing in terms of uh, his economic policy is going to benefit all demographics, all people, not just the select few. That's what the the, uh, the lying liberal media is trying to tell us, you know, the 1%. He only cares about the rich. No, he doesn't. He cares about Americans. Uh, and that's why he goes into, you know, some of the areas that he does to hold these rallies. You know, these are blue-collar people. These are middle-class people. He didn't hang around. Uh, at election time, he doesn't hang around uh, in, in the Hamptons like uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton did during her election, just hanging around uh, uh, cocktail parties of the rich and famous Hollywood, the Hollywood elite. You don't see the, this president hanging around those areas. If, you, if people knew his upbringing, and I, I encourage people to go back and look at it, it you know, hard work, determination uh, is what got him. To, to where he is, you know, very successful, but it was through hard work. He didn't inherit it. He didn't inherit it. Uh, it's not a trust fund, baby. You know, he wasn't, his family wasn't born into riches in this country, and he just inherited that. It was through trial. It was through, you know, heartache, some failure along the way. Yeah, he's, he's experienced failure. That's something to be ashamed of, that he had to declare bankruptcy. It's bouncing back from that stuff. Uh, that's the great American story, and, and, and that's the story that I think needs to be told. I'm glad the light bulb critter wasn't afraid of failure, because we actually have light bulbs now, right? Yeah, yeah, amazing, isn't it? Uh, but I'll tell you this, Donald Trump Jr. came on this program on Super Tuesday and really articulated the point you're making about his father. He didn't grow up with a, a spoon in his mouth. Donald Trump Jr. grew up on a tractor in, in the construction zone and stuff like that. And so uh, this is, uh, you know, he understands. And that's why 100,000 people come out for him in places that shock you, that you go, what? Because it's middle class people. That's why. Yeah, real Americans. It's the same, you know, I'm at ground level all across the country. Uh, I don't hang out with the uh, the GOP elite. I speak to a lot of, uh, at a lot of um, uh, GOP, Lincoln and Reagan Day dinners, but, you know, I hang out with the grassroots voter and, and I get to a chance to keep my finger on the pulse of, you know, how they're feeling, what they're saying at ground level, uh, because that's important. And, and I think that uh, the president, this president is doing the same thing. 
These are real Americans. These are everyday Americans. Like I said, these aren't the rich and famous. These aren't the goofs out in Hollywood, the Michael Moores, the Quentin Tarantinos, all those Hollywood uh, goofball actors and actresses uh, that that are, are you know they're really uh, they're really faking it. All right, they don't know what it's like to live in a economically depressed area. Uh, they live in, in these these subdivisions in these mansions that have gates around them. They have uh, armed security around them. Uh, they have no idea what real life is like for people with you know using two incomes to keep together, send their kids to good schools, pay the mortgage, pay car insurance, car notes, things like that. Uh, they have no idea what it's like, so they have to fake it uh, like they do. But this president knows that you know Americans they just want they just want a better way. All right, they want jobs, they want good schools, they want safe neighborhoods. He gets it when it comes to issues that affect everyday Americans. One last point. I know there was a big discussion on the border and the wall. You know, now it seems to be not talked about much. But there are all kinds of reports now showing that illegal activity and criminal activity because of illegals is down big time. Even the liberals are having to admit that Donald has it right on that one. They're struggling to admit it because they don't want to, but they're being forced to by data, sir. Yeah, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. And, uh, you know, as long as people see results, that's all the American people want, you know, out of their president. They just, they want to see results. Go there, get something done. You only get at most eight years, and eight years goes fast, by the way. Uh, And and we're finding that out with this president. We're almost through four already, and all they've done was was stand in his way, um, obstruct, you know, stop him from doing, you know, what he said he was going to do, what the American people voted the reason they voted for him was to enact these policies. Now, that doesn't mean that the Democrats have to lay down. I expect pushback. I think the sense is healthy in a democracy. Uh, but there's, this isn't pushback. This is outright obstruction. This is outright nullifying a presidential uh, election, the will of the people. Uh, you know, our side didn't do that with Obama. A lot of Obama's policies were disastrous. But you know what? We provided pushback, not enough. But that's okay in America, but not what the Democrats are doing to this president. All right. The bottom line is we need to remember that pure democracy uh, is disaster. Uh, yes, we have a democratic portion to our constitutional republic. And that's what we need to highlight because that highlights the rule of law. That highlights the representation that a true constitutional republic provides. And that highlights the checks and balances that allow us to be part of the solution and to do, po- to do so peacefully but send a clear mandate as the people at the same time. Sheriff Clark, we know you got to fly, my friend. Godspeed. We appreciate you. We'll have you back soon. My pleasure. Townhall.com for David Clark, ladies and gentlemen. Check him out on Twitter, at David Clark. Clark has an E on the end, by the way. At David Clark. Check it out. Hour one in the can, two coming up. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mm-hmm.